<clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Recording in progress. <clears throat> We praise you, Lord. Right now, I just want you to begin to lift your hands. Begin to lift your hands and receive from the Lord. Father, we just thank you in this moment, God, for your presence that is already here with us. We thank you for the Holy Ghost that is in our midst, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord, like the song, the lyrics in the song, asking for more fire, asking for more glory asking for more power, asking for your anointing, Lord Jesus. Father, we need more of your presence, God. We need a breakthrough, Lord. We need a breach, God. Father, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you would breach, God, every stronghold, Lord, that you would, Lord, break through of every stronghold, God, everything that is holding us back, Lord, everything that is hindering our destinies, Lord, everything, God, that is hindering, Father, a move of God in our lives, Father. We pray, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, for the anointing to the to break the yoke of every bondage, for the anointing to break the yoke, Lord, of every uh, a setback, Lord, for the anointing to break the yoke, O God, of everything, Father, that would seek to coward us down, to seek us Seek to uh, inject fear, Lord. Seek to deflate, Lord, all that you have for us, God. We pray, Father, that we would rise up with your power. We pray, Lord, that we would rise up, O Lord, with your strength. We pray, God, that we would rise up, O Lord, with your glory, Father. May we, Lord, no longer be uh, uh, be defeated, Father, by everything the enemy hurls our way. But may we, Father, increase in a greater weight of glory. Hallelujah. Grant us victory, Lord. Grant us success by your hand, Lord. Grant us victory over every enemy, God. Grant us victory, Lord, over every single one of our enemies, God. Father, I pray that you would uh, enable us, Lord, to pursue every enemy, Lord, to their utterly defeated, God. That we would pursue like David pursued, O God, your foes and your adversaries, God, and wax valiantly, Lord, in battle and in fight, Lord. Grant us, Lord, that that a disposition of a mighty man of valor, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost to come upon our altars, for the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume every sacrifice, Lord. Receive, Lord, the sacrifice of praise from the fruit of our lips, Lord. Father, we pray right now that you would accept, Lord, the sacrifice, Lord, of our incense, Lord, offered on the altar of prayer. Hallelujah. May your presence, Lord, pervade this place. May your presence, Lord Jesus, pervade this atmosphere, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, O God. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you would move this day, Lord. We pray that your anointing, Father, would move this day, Father. Hallelujah. 
Father, I pray that you would uh, speak through me, Lord, that you would speak to your people, O God. Speak to them, Lord, exactly what they need to hear, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would lift off the veil of all confusion, that you would lift up the veil, Lord, of all uh, blindness, God, and that we would be able to see with fresh eyes. We would be able to hear with fresh ears, God, that we would be able, Lord, to receive the seeds that um, you desire, Lord, to sow in our hearts, O God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for unction. We pray for unction, Lord Jesus. We pray for unction of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <coughs> Speak directly to every single one of our situations. Speak directly, Lord, to every single one of our predicaments, Lord. Speak to every single one of our uh, trials and tribulations, Lord God. Hallelujah. Give me insight, Father. Grant me, Father, your eyes, Lord. Like um, one man of God said, I have no eyes, Lord. You are my eyes. I have no ears. You are my ears. <clears throat> Hallelujah. May we ascend to the hill of the Lord this day and obtain grace from Mount Zion. Obtain grace, Lord, from your heavenly throne. <coughs> yes, Lord. May the power of another world enter this meeting. May the power of another world enter this meeting. Hallelujah. You're the living God, the true God, and we desire your presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> amen and amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> praise the Lord. <clears throat> and the people of God say amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you know, the word of the Lord says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It doesn't say, let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Although that, that is assumed, but it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <clears throat> you want to know what really resides in the heart is what your mouth speaks out. Amen? So, if you're speaking out things that are contrary to the Word of God, what is, what's needed isn't more self-discipline, per se. Like, oh, I shouldn't say that. What's needed <clears throat> is a, a, a wellspring, a, a source, Right? Because if, if you're drawing from the source of the Holy Spirit, then what's going to come out of your mouth isn't blasphemies, isn't insults, isn't um, <clears throat> swear words, isn't lies, isn't deception. See, because if, see, it's like trying to, see, self-discipline is like a dam, 
like I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that uh, term in your language, but a dam is, you know, this large construct like cement construct that prevents waters from breaching, <clears throat> prevents from waters, the water flow. When all this self-motivation and self-discipline, now notice I said self-discipline because the Holy Ghost disciplines us, but mere self-discipline will not enable you to, um, it, it, all it will do is mask it and prevent the waters from breaching out. You will just create a clog, but the bigger problem is addressing the source. You need a source. Amen. <clears throat> the source from which we draw from is the Holy Ghost. So if you're living in the flesh, if you're live if you're walking in the flesh and you and then but your mind is aware that you're not in alignment with the teachings of scripture, then you will catch yourself and say I I just got to try better. And I already know that the Holy Ghost is speaking to a number of us right now. This is, I feel, the, the unction uh, <clears throat> regarding this. It is, you're going to say, I got to try better. But it's not trying better that you need to do. What you need to do is, is transition into the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Amen. You need to transfer... You, you need to transition from the flesh to the Holy Spirit. And when you transition to the Holy Spirit, you'll be saying things that you don't have to think of or try harder to, but you will already, you will speak out because they're, they're consistent with the flow. And it, as long as you don't get in the way of the flow, then it will flow. <laughs> if you don't get in the way of the flow, it will keep channeling. <clears throat> See, this is what people don't understand, you know, because I've gotten a lot of bad flack from these intellectualized, sermonized seminarians, uh, <clears throat> when I say, or cemeterians, <laughs> seminary is really cemetery, um, is they say, you know, why, you know, are you saying that we shouldn't create structure for our sermons and, you know, all this stuff and what was my homiletics class for then? You know, see, that that's that's the reason why a lot of people like to argue isn't because they're not seeing all the points that you're making, but they have an investment in their doctrine. And if they forfeit their doctrine, they forfeit years and they have to humble themselves and say that I was wrong for so long. And and I'm, I've invested money in my in my cemetery. I mean, my seminary. <laughs> I've invested too much money. I possibly can't be wrong. But the reason why I say that is because, see, especially if God has called any of us as a preacher, it's not a matter of sermonizing God. It's not a matter of reducing Him to a structured uh, uh, five-point sermon. You know why? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to harness the wind. We're trying to put restraints on the wind. We're trying to structure the wind. You can't structure wind. You can't grasp a spirit. Jesus says that, you know, in fact, let's turn there real quickly. John chapter 3. <clears throat> and the reason why I bring this up is because I want us to learn the ways of God, even with respect to preaching. You know, for example, I, I don't even, I didn't have a single verse today. 
And, you know, that, see, that's how you know you really trust God. Because the way I look at it is these meetings are like the Red Sea. Either the Red Sea parts or I'm stuck along with you guys. You get what I'm saying? Either God speaks and gives inspiration or nothing ain't happening. And one of the things I refuse to do is fake it as if something's happening. That's where people get into all these hype and emotionalism and they have to use all these props to deceive the people because people can't distinguish soul and spirit. So they'll harp on your soul, say all the right things, do all the right things, get the fog machines, get the light, the fancy lights, get all of that stuff so that you think there's a loud bang, but there's no hit on the target. Because there was no shot, it was a blank. <laughs> That's all it is. There, there, there's so many people shooting blanks in the kingdom, it, in in God's house, so that you think that something's actually going on, and everyone's there applauding like something happened. You know, and so you'll get a TD Jakes behind the pulpit. Ah, you know, you know, he, he shouts and says, you know, says things the right way, and get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. But you don't know what you're getting ready for. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting ready for. You're like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. What's coming? No, just just get ready. And, you know, and some of you will be like some women and can never get ready. You're just trying on everything. <laughs> Should I wear this today? Should I wear this today? <laughs> you know, I remember... My 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 wife's family members say that she'll be late to her own funeral. <laughs> I really do hope that she's late because I need her around for a very long time. Longer than me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, um... <clears throat> but anyways, um... The reason why I bring this up is because <clears throat> we have to know the ways of the Spirit even with regards to uh, preaching. And, um, oh, what I was saying regarding the Red Sea. See, a lot a lot of, t and, and this is prophetic too, I know it don't even just apply to preaching, is a lot of times we want to make sure we got all our bases covered. I got this in order, I got this secure, I got this reserve, I got this resource. So if plan A don't pan out, I got plan B and plan C. But see, what God will do is say, eliminate that, eliminate that resource, eliminate all of those things. So all that you got is plan A. And this is why you need to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. Because he will tell you, sorry son, sorry daughter, I don't got plan B, I don't got plan C, I don't got plan D for you. All I got is plan A. So you need to know, like Paul says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Amen. So you either you know that you know that you've seen something or you didn't. And see, this is why we have to learn to be like David. Y'all can say amen to that. Because some of you are so presumptuous, you presume that, 
oh, well, you know, this sounds good, so I'm going to go ahead and follow through with it. But just because it don't just because it sounds good don't mean that it is good. And you know the interesting thing about it this will determine whether you're spiritual or you're just a carnal Christian is that you will think good is good because it's good. Now, I know that's a tongue twister, but good is not good just because it's good. Good is good if it's God. Because if it ain't God, it don't matter if it's good because good is still bad. Amen. If good don't have God in it, it's still bad. It's still, it's unsanctified. Amen. See, that, that's what a Christian life is. It's a sanctified life, holy unto the Lord. Amen. And see, you know, see, this will mess with a lot of you guys, especially who are like me. Because, you know, I, I love my son, my son, the way he categorizes stuff, because he's very particular, very concise and very like nitty and neat with the way he like he has this little kitchen thing in his room. It's like a toy and everything is in alignment with the proper colors and categories. And it's just like I thought my wife did it. And, you know, he's just a little boy. And I was like, wow. I was like, son, I love that because that's exactly how daddy would arrange that. <laughs> but the, but I, I say that because he's very meticulous. And, and one of the things that God has done with me is disrupted a lot of that. Because to be very meticulous and... Organized can be a good thing because you don't want to live disorganized. No. But I'm just saying for me, God has really disrupted a lot of what I wanted to organize. So that I won't rely on a system, but on a person. And that person is God. Amen. That I will rely upon a spirit, the oh, Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I'm like, yo, why can't I ever get... You know, it once I do, then something happens, you know, and because see, see when some of us are so overkill with our systems that it becomes a work and it's no longer a life of faith. Amen. Amen. So, um, let's turn to John chapter three. And so I was relating this to preaching because, you know, See the the sad thing with preachers, they just try to whim everything, or win a lot, whim a lot of stuff, or they they got a bunch of you know briefcases with a lot of sermons and everything, and you know I, I remember one time you know me and my wife we are we went we we uh, we attended the service right back in like 2016, and there was this guest speaker, and no lie for about like 30 minutes. Well, maybe like 20 minutes, he was asking the church, what dog you got? You What dog you got? Blah, blah, blah. And and uh, he used this verse from Philippians that said, watch out for dogs. And he spent 20 minutes asking people what kind of dogs they had. And I'm like, my eyes are rolling. I'm like, bro, just preach already. I don't care about people's dogs. I mean, at least right now, even for dog lovers, if you're in the Holy Ghost, you don't care about dogs. You want God. 
Hey man, if I if you wanted dogs, go to the dog pound. If you want a dog, you know, pursue your veterinarian, pursue some other time. Right now, it's about the Lord. But anyways, two years later, I went to a a a a, a church. He was a guest speaker, and he preached the same thing. I'm like, wow. Two years later, you're preaching the same thing, the same verse with the same conclusion. That's not God. That's man faking it because God don't show up. Amen. Amen. And see, some of you, you, you God don't show up, so you got to fake something. You, you got to rely on what you, what you can concoct, what you can fabricate, what you can conjure. Well, you can make because the presence isn't backing you. See, the, the Israelites, they didn't need a bunch of manna going from Egypt out into the wilderness. See, God caused sufficient manna to appear every single day, but they didn't have anything in their cupboards. Amen. They didn't have anything in their refrigerators. They didn't have anything locked away in the stores. They didn't have anything locked away. It, see, if you do, you can rely upon your resource because now you can calculate stuff. Say, okay, I got I got X amount of food and there's X amount of days left and you can package everything right to where you have more confidence in the resource and not the source. Oh, come on, y'all ain't talking to me. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. You know, and then here comes the religious, oh, well, you know, but we all got a plan. And I'm not, I'm not saying that planning is bad. I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying any of that. The point that I'm, I'm trying to make is this. God has a way of blowing up your categories and disrupting everything. Amen. To where all you have is God. Amen. All you have is the Holy Ghost. And see, for the, the intellectual, the, the strong-willed person, the competent, the strong person, they, they, will have to, they will try to argue and say, you know, no, I, I, I'm used to things this way. I, I'm used to providing for myself. I'm, out to, I, I'm used to going out and getting everything. But you know what? God has a way of messing up your hip so you can't walk the same anymore. Amen. Amen. You can't wrestle with God and your hip not get messed up. See, he'll mess up your hip so you can't do what you used to do. What You can't say it the way you used to say it. You can't walk it the same way you used to walk it. Because God, God wants to deliberately create an inadequacy and insufficiency and infirmity in yourself. So that by default, you must rely upon a strength that is superior than yours. Amen. Amen. And that is what distinguishes us from every other religion. Every other religion says you got to look within self. You got to try harder. You got to, uh, you know, you got to do everything more. More almsgiving, you know, uh, karma, good deeds outweighing bad deeds, all that nonsense. And you're on an endless treadmill to try to please a deity. But in Christianity, 
the distinguishing mark that separates us is that we look to a strength and a person that is far superior than us to provide righteousness and strength and glory in everything we need. That is the distinguishing mark. Is that the answer is not in self. The answer is not in anything else but in God himself. And see, these other religions say that it's a matter of worshiping God, but it, it, it's looking to self to, to do enough for God. And rather than God doing for us. Now, see, the, the difference is this. See, all these other religions say do for God and God will do for you. But in Christianity, it's God has done for us, therefore do for God. Amen. Amen. So, John chapter 3, it says, uh, let's go to, let's just start at verse 1. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. You know, the interesting thing is he comes at night. Right? Because he don't want to be seen at day. Because all, his, all of his homeboys will, you know, say he's a cop-out. Oh, you know, you're following. And, and uh, you know, actually the Pharisees ended up doing that to one of them who were on the Sanhedrin council. Because... One man retorted and said, does our law judge anybody without first uh, a first uh, hearing? And they're like, you know, are you deceived too? You know, and, and also the blind man. I, I love the way that the blind man like mockingly responds to them because, you know, they're like, please tell us, give glory to God. This, we know this man is a sinner and you, you know, tell us what happened. He says, I already told you. You want me to tell you again? <laughs> I was born blind. I can see now. It was him. He did it. <laughs> They're like, get out of here, you filthy sinner. That's basically what they said. They were paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. But they're like, you know, get this man out of here. You're a sinner and you teach us. You know? <laughs> and he schooled them on theology. But nevertheless, you know, Nicodemus is coming to us at night, uh, coming to Jesus at night. And, uh, you know, th that's kind of how some of us are. Is, is you're a night Christian. You, you don't want to be identified as a Christian because you might lose friends. Or, you know, they might think, oh, you're a religious zealot. <coughs> you know, I posted on my Facebook and I said, Pastors, stop saying rest in peace to a wicked person you know is in hell. Now, someone, you know, someone who loves to argue is like, oh, well, what would you do? Well, I've spoken at a number of funerals, and I'll tell you what, I never lied. That's what I didn't do. In fact, I spoke at a recent funeral where there's a bunch of gangsters, and I, I feel like, it's heavy in there, and, and it's not a comfortable thing to speak at a funeral, especially if you don't know the person. So, 
No one can accuse me of being a coward. I've always spoken the truth, even if it meant people hating me and some physical consequence. I remember one time we went to this, um, wasn't a funeral, but we, we went out in this outreach and we went to go minister to some guy. I remember I was like 18 at the t- 19 at the time. And, you know, I, I was never a gangster, even though I had friends that were, and I, I hung out with some of them. Um, I just didn't like that stuff. I didn't want to be told what to do by for a stupid color or territory. It was just dumb to me. But these other pastors and stuff that were with me on the outreach were former gangsters. And I seen, and we're at an outreach, and there's like a group of gangsters, like probably about like 40 yards away, right? In this community, it's a, a low income community. And I remember I was like, yo, let's, let's go minister to them. Like we're right here with this music blaring, but we need to go over there. And there was like a gang of them. And, and I remember one of the sisters said to the husband, her husband, you could tell he was in gangs before. He's like, go honey, that's your heart. Go minister to them. And he just blew it off. Like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to go. And I, and I remember I stood there. I said, you know what? If all of y'all ain't going with me, I'm going to go by myself. So I started walking by myself. And then one of these other brothers that was in the gangs, you know what, bro? I can't let you go by yourself. Let, let's go. And he, and then I could hear him. He's like, man, you know, and so we're going because what happened was they just had a homeboy that got shot and murdered and they were mourning over his site right there. And they were like smoking meth and, so it, it 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 was an ugly environment, but anyways, we went up there and we tried to minister the gospel. And there and they came out of their cars. There was probably about like over twenty of them, and I seen them holding their guns. Uh, you know, they're tucked underneath the shirt, but they all had them right there with their hands on their waist, ready to you know shoot if we were a threat, and. And so anyways, we were trying to talk to them about the Lord and literally they stared us in the eyes and they said nothing. They just gave us a death stare. And that was like one of the most awkward moments, you know, in my, my, you know, evangelism encounters. And they were like, um, <laughs> so this Jesus guy, <laughs> uh, let us tell you about him. And they didn't say anything. All of them stood quiet and just stared us in the eyes and just gave us death there and didn't say anything. And I was like, okay, this is kind of awkward. We're going to get going now. Um, and I, I really felt like they were going to shoot us in the back of the head. Like it was, it was really that, ugly. there was a feeling of death and demons. But anyways, I say all that to say, you have to speak the truth, even if it costs you something. <clears throat> but I said, you know, that doesn't mean that we be rude with the truth, right? And sometimes, sometimes you may not get to say what, you may not be able to say what should be said in that moment. But the option isn't to lie. So when pastors are saying that a person that obviously didn't uh, serve God, they died, you can't say rest in peace. Amen. Amen, somebody. 
Unless you, you guys believe that you can say rest in peace. No, they're in hell. Doesn't it say in Luke, the man lifted up his eyes in torment? Man. There is no peace unto the wicked, saith the Lord. It says that in Isaiah. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying be rude or ugly or mean-spirited, but at the same time, and you may not want to say at a funeral, this person's in hell. Unless you want to die, because they would probably beat you half to death or something. But it doesn't mean go out there and say, oh yeah, no, he's in peace and uh, he was assigned an angel and let's celebrate his uh, heavenly birthday. You know, that sort of nonsense talk. Amen? Because people will do that stuff. And, and they will even say, you know, I spoke to my grandfather today. I've heard Christians say that. No, brother, you're speaking to demons. Um, you're not speaking to your grand. You're not. No, you know you're not. You're speaking to demons. Necromancy is forbidden in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you know, let us not be one of those night Christians that just, you know, uh, refuse to be seen with the Lord. Amen? It's kind of like Peter, right? His accent told on him. And they're like, we know that you're you're a follower of Jesus. And he says, no, I don't know the man. How many times have someone asked you if you're a Christian and you try to hush it down? Right? Or maybe you had an opportunity to you know, maybe one of your family members is like, man, I'm going through hell and all of this stuff. And you had an opportunity to pray with them. But you didn't. It's just something to think about. <clears throat> um, but look at, look at uh, Nicodemus is saying, we know that you are sent from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus is seeing something the other Pharisees willfully chose not to see or acknowledge. They were saying that the signs that Jesus were performing were from Beelzebub. That is to say, the, the devil. That's what they were saying about Jesus. But Nicodemus was all, no, you can't do this stuff if you're not sent from God. Amen? Amen. This is why this is why I hate cessationism. I hate it probably more than any other doctrine. Because at least other people like, you know, other doctrines, if you if you do something in front of a Hindu or a Muslim or an atheist, they will say this is God. I, I've seen an atheist, you know, Become a theist, a believer in God, after having manifested the power of God to them. But oh, with the cessationists, what do they do? They rationalize and they'll say it's from the devil. What possesses you to say that? Amen. It, it's the doctrines of men. That have put a veil over the eyes of the 
ignorant and the unlearned and the abused. Because you know what? Sometimes some of these people, they come from abusive, charismatic churches. And so now they swing all the way on the other side of the pendulum. Like, I want nothing to do with that stuff. And so they find, they accumulate for themselves teachers to tell them what they want to hear. Amen. So I, I obviously I'm against abuse because, you know, I speak out against that passion Java dude and any other person that is manipulative in the charismatic circles. But I equally hate cessationism. And I think we should hate it, too, because it's a lie. And it, and it will call, it will enforce you to call things that are from God, not from God. And that's dangerous ground. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> um, okay, so moving forward, it says, Jesus replied, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, see, I used to think that Jesus was like, you, you didn't even address uh, Nicodemus' question. Like, where does this, it almost seems abrupt, like response. But the reason why Jesus is saying this is because Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come among you. Did he not say that? So when Nicodemus says this, he says, we know that no man can perform these things unless they are sent from God. He's basically saying this. <clears throat> you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. So, you know, some person might just say, um, like the, the, the woman at the well, right? Or, or um, so, some will say, oh, this is a mighty prophet, right? They, they might say, oh, this man is Elijah, or this might, they might, you know, for example, when uh, Paul and uh, I think it was Barnabas, they had gone to Lystra. The men of Lystra said this was Jupiter and uh, Mars. So even though they were seeing the power of God, they did not correctly interpret it as the appearing of the kingdom. Is that clear? Amen. <clears throat> so... The Pharisee said it was the devil. Uh, men of Lystra said that uh, it was Mars and Jupiter and the gods have come among us. You know, and uh, you know, the men on Mars Hill said this is a strange doctrine. So even though they're seeing the same thing we see, when we see the manifestation of the power of God, we say the kingdom has come among us. Amen? Because Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come among you. So Jesus is responding to Nicodemus and says, Verily I say unto you, you can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. In other words, you cannot correctly perceive what, the, what is happening and where this is coming from and what all of these miracles are about unless you're born again. Does that make sense? Amen. So, and then, you know, Nicodemus says, how can one be, someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born again. Jesus answered, Verily I truly, uh, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. 
Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Now, here's something real quickly that I wanted to say about this. Is that Nicodemus obviously is thinking in terms of the thoughts of men. Right? He's think and, and you know, I think we should give him some grace because even the apostles, to some extent, didn't fully understand the ways of the Spirit. They didn't fully understand the fullness of the kingdom. Um, and reasons for that is because, you know, in, I think, First or Second Peter, it says the prophets of old prophesied, you know, the Spirit of Christ in them did signify the sufferings of Christ and, and what manner of these things. And it says, not, you know, not being partakers of them themselves, welcome, seeing them afar off and welcomed them. Amen. And as you know, if you see afar off, you can't see clearly. It's obscure. And so these men are seeing this stuff partially. But the Bible says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that God has given us his spirit so that we may freely know the things given to us by God. Amen. It says no man knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man in him. But no man knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And it says, What no eye has seen, no what ear has heard, what it has not entered into the hearts of man, God has revealed to those who love Him. Amen. See, people use that passage to try to mysticize everything. Like everything's, you know, there's a lot of things that are mysterious. But in context, Paul is not saying that. He's not arguing that. He's arguing that God has given you His Spirit so that you may freely know His mind. You may freely know His ways. Because if you do not have the Holy Ghost, everything that you see spiritual, you interpret as natural. Amen. So this is why we need the Holy Ghost. We need to get into the Holy Spirit. We need to tap into the Spirit. We need to be in alignment with the Spirit. Amen. If not, we, we, we won't know. We will think, you know... Um, <clears throat> We will be veiled. Um, <clears throat> this, this is why it's so crucial. It's so important to pray in the Spirit. <clears throat> See, you, you, you all have to understand the power of spirits. You know, you ever meet those people that, like, look, okay, for example, look at the trans people. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how logical you are. It don't matter how many facts you have. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the most persuasive person. The fact is, is that they have spirits that speak to them that convince them of things. That's what, you know, I remember when I was working at the homeless mission, there was this guy that said that the ancient gods from Greece would speak to him. 
and he's all, you know, they can be demoralizing and, you know, and they give me wisdom and they speak to me and, you know, they say a bunch of stuff. And, um, well, I say that because, sadly, these people believe that stuff. They believe these spirits. So it doesn't matter how much they try to reason in their mind. It doesn't matter how intellectual they are, how intelligent they are. The natural realm is always victimized by the spirit realm. Always. Amen. So, God has given us the Holy Ghost. So that we would become victims and slaves of one who is far superior. And that's God himself. So that we would be indoctrinated into the doctrines of God. Obviously, the Holy Spirit operates differently. We can choose to resist Him, and He won't force Himself upon us. Right? It, 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 is, it is a love connection. But do not be mistaken, nevertheless, that His ways are far superior. This is why it says, you know... His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But people just stop right there. They don't read further. They say, well, let the wicked man forsake his thoughts and his ways. So the whole point is that, yes, God's ways are higher. Therefore, forsake your wicked thoughts and get in alignment to his. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> um. The other point that I wanted to point out here is it's not talking about water baptism. I know people think that that's what he's referring to. Now, let me let me quickly explain to you why he's not referring to water baptism. And now, I'm not against water baptism, obviously, because it's commanded. But people have used this verse to try to justify that water baptism is what saves. Okay, so, <coughs> first of all, Nowhere else in the scriptures does Jesus ever equate water baptism with being born of water. You will not find it. This is a unique phrase that was used by Jesus. And you don't see the apostles ever in the book of Acts saying, repent and be born of water. They say, repent and be baptized. Amen. Okay, so this is the only time it is used here in the New Testament. Now, secondly, is the Greek grammar. It's called Granville's Sharps Rule. Let me break it down to you. And I don't expect everybody to get this, only because not everybody's a fan of grammar. Um, <clears throat> but it's called Granville Sharps Rule, and it states that whenever a definite article precedes a noun and is followed by the word Chi, that's the Greek word and, and then is preceded by another noun without the definite article that the two nouns are used synonymously and interchangeably. So in other words, the, word, the definite article is the word the. Okay, so whenever the in Greek comes before a noun, and a noun is what? A person, place, or thing. And after that noun comes the word and. And then after that word comes another noun. But it doesn't have the in front of it. 
it makes the two synonymous. So when um, Jesus says that unless you are born of the water, uh, uh, born of the water and uh, the water and spirit, if you look at it in the Greek, you only see the definite article in in front of one noun. So if you want to fact check me, go look at the Greek, and you'll you'll find this stuff to be true. So. That's a mouthful, but I say all that to say this, that water and spirit are used interchangeably so that when he is referring to the water, he is not referring to water in the physical sense. He's referring to the Holy Ghost. This is why Jesus says, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thus he spake concerning the spirit that will be poured out upon them. This is why it says in Ezekiel, I will put my spirit in you and wash you with new water. That's what he says in Ezekiel. I, 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 will, I, I will put my spirit in you and I will wash your hearts with pure water. Yeah. A amen. So we have to allow Bible to interpret Bible. He's not talking about water baptism. And so, um, not only that, he then clarifies um, he clarifies himself further um, by saying flesh gives birth to flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Okay? And so, he doesn't elaborate on baptism. He, he's he's di he's he's creating a dichotomy there between flesh and natural spirit and supernatural. Amen. No. So Nicodemus says, "How can a man, you know, enter in the second time his mother's womb?" He says, "No, that which is flesh is flesh." I'm not talking about that. He says, "But that which is born of the spirit is spirit." So I'm talking about a spiritual birth. Amen. So this is why it's so crucial to not assume because I used to believe that this was referring to water baptism. And when I first got saved, because, you know, I didn't know any better that I was told that. But I was like, hold on, this isn't adding up, you know, and once you allow Bible to interpret Bible and to give you to, to give you the proper definitions of these terms, then your understanding will come. Amen. Where we get into trouble is we import foreign ideas into the text that doesn't belong there. Amen. Amen. So he says this, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So the reason why I bring this passage up here is to further elaborate on what I was talking about earlier. <clears throat> and it's that men of the Spirit and women... Well, the Spirit, first of all, is like wind. Amen? And if you didn't know, the word pneuma, which is a Greek word, can be translated, translated spirit, wind, or breath. Okay? Now, why is that important? Well, you know, first of all, you can't breathe unless there is a spirit. Amen. Your body can't breathe unless your body has a spirit. And so when a spirit talks, put your hand up against your mouth and start talking. 
And you're going to feel what? Breath. That's how you know. Okay, so you ever feel like there's a presence near you sometimes when a demon comes near you? I do. Sometimes I can feel a demon right up to my face. I don't know why they come up to my face. They're, you know, they're probably, you know, they're probably like humans trying to get up in your face and like, you know, like what, what fool, what? <laughs> I don't know why they do that, but, <laughs> but anyways, if you talk to someone near their near their ear, near their face, they're gonna feel your breath. They're going to feel a presence. This is why Job said, he said uh, in, in the book of Job, I think one of his friends says, you know, in the night watches, a spirit appeared to him. And he says, a whisper came. And he says, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Well, when a spirit comes... What happens, again, if you whisper in someone's ear, you feel something right here? Well, that's that's how spirits operate. When a demon is, you can sometimes feel it next to your face. Amen? And, and, and you can feel the breath or the wind in the atmosphere. This is why the Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. Amen? Amen. Well, what... Here's also an interesting fact. What are radio waves travel through the air? Communication. Spirits are speaking. Breath is being emitted. Thoughts are being communicated. That's how spirits operate. Amen. So the word pneuma means spirit, wind, breath. Right? So when when, when the spirit is speaking, breath is being released. Uh, and it creates wind. Okay, so the way of the Holy Ghost he is like the way of a wind. Amen. Well, first of all, you can't bridle the wind. You can't control the wind. And wind might be going this way one second and be going this this way the, the next second. And so you, you if you want to try to box the wind, good luck. Because you can't do it. <clears throat> See, it's not you who gets to tell God what to do or where you're going to go. It's what God tells you what to do and where you're going to go. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so he says this. The wind blows wherever it pleases. So the Spirit does whatever pleases Him, not whatever pleases you. See, if people understood that, they would stop coming out with their progressive theology. Right? See, people want God to please them, so their God ends up looking just like them. Yeah. And so, have you ever noticed, like, the most wimpy, emotional people, like, their Jesus sounds like that, too. The, the people that are real sentimental, their Jesus is real sentimental. It, it's almost like he's going to collapse and faint. 
you know, for real. And I'm not trying to be insulting, but the fact of the matter is that's how it is with a lot of people. They, they paint Jesus that replicates their own ethnicity. Why? Because we want God to look like us. And we don't want to look like God. But what does the Bible says? He says that we might be conformed into his image. And see, see, this is, see, Jesus is going to tell you a lot of things that don't please you. He's going to tell you, you know, I, I remember, I, I remember when I first got saved, there was a lot of things that he was telling me that didn't make sense to me. And I was questioning whether it was from God because I wanted to go hang out with a lot of my brothers and sisters in the Lord and have good fun. And the Holy Ghost would convict me and say, stay behind and pray. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this God? I, I left the ways of the world. I'm no longer using substances and out partying and living a debaucherous life. What's so wrong with me fellowshipping? And now there's nothing wrong. But God was placing constraints on me. In order to prepare me for something he called, he called me to do. Amen. But the religious person will say, Oh no God, I checked off this box. I checked off that box. And I got my little neat, tidy religion. And, and so that way I don't have to listen to a spirit in a relationship. Amen. And see, there's some things that God will tell you to do that will seem absurd. That doesn't seem like wise. Doesn't seem like wisdom. And it won't even sound like wisdom to the other dwarf Christians that are, are so bogged down by religion who don't have an ounce of spirituality to know what the Spirit is doing. See, the, the wisdom of the Spirit is always is all almost always looks like foolishness at first yeah. until wisdom is justified by her children it says well, you know the the children of her wisdom are justified i don't know if you ever read that verse in uh in i think it's luke see wisdom comes and justifies and vindicates your name at the latter end yeah. But for the people who chose to do what was wise in their own eyes, everybody's looking like, wow, that's amazing. You know, how did they get those results? Ah, until, <laughs> until payment comes, hey, pay up. You borrowed this and you ain't paying us back. You know, it's kind of like all those people that go to the, I don't know if you guys have this in your country, but here you can buy like a bunch of stuff at like a store. Uh... Like, you don't have to pay for it up front, but, but they, you know, you just give like a little loan, or not a loan, a little down payment, and you get to take a lot of like furniture to your house, but you have, they charge you ridiculous price, monthly prices. And a lot of those people can't end up affording it, so have to give it back. So it's, it, it's like they only rented it. Does that make sense? And so when you look at people like that, you're like, man, they have it all. The reality is, no, they don't. <laughs> um, 
that's still there. That's still that store's property. It just looks like they have something. But because they aren't, they try to get it the easy way, the quick way, the effortless way. Everybody else was deceived by it, but the person who's working hard, who doesn't have anything to show for it just yet, but are doing the thing, things the wise way, at the latter end, they shall have everything in their own possession and not merely rent it, whereas people like this end up getting it confiscated from them. It doesn't look wise to humble yourself and to not retaliate. But for the person who ends up retaliating in their own flesh, ends up losing everything. So wisdom comes to justify you later on. But foolishness looks wise at first, but it comes to, it comes for its payment. And what it pays you is destruction. Um, see, this is why we need to wait on God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We have to make sure that we're walking in the ways of the Lord, walking in the fear of the Lord. Because if we do that, we'll be safe. But what does it say? That the wise man is wiser than his own eyes, more than seven men who can answer discreetly. I I posted this thing on Facebook because I seen it on a reel. This this Karen, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term, Karen, but it's the lady that likes to complain at everything and just whine about everything. Well, anyways, there there's this guy, he was filming, and she's like, what are you filming? It's like, or what are you doing? It's like, I'm trying to film. <laughs> you can't be doing that here. He's like, yeah, I can. She ends up calling the cops, and the cops, and she tells the cops, "Hey, tell him that he has to leave." He's like, "No, he don't have to leave. He can't. He can do this. This is a public area." And then she goes to try to argue with the cops, saying, "I guess you don't know the law." What? How reasonable does that sound? It, it sounds just like every other. Uh, a cessationist who say you know you tell them oh you show them a video of, like demons being cast out you can show them someone being levitating like oh I guess you just don't know the Bible that stuff doesn't exist <laughs> recording in right no. see the reason why is because People will try, people want to force their doctrine on God. People want to force things, and, and in the presence of undeniable evidence, they will still say, that's not true. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, about... You know, the, the Holy Spirit will tell us things that don't please us. He, he See, because he's not trying to get you to stay your image. He's trying to get you to become conformed into the image of Christ. That your ways would emulate the ways of God, not your ways. Amen. 
and and see he 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 might be telling you to do things today that don't make sense to you but it makes sense later on and guess what god doesn't owe us an explanation amen did you know that god doesn't owe you doesn't owe me an explanation he just told abraham get up and leave right if you look look at the times in the New Testament and the Old Testament, this is why I don't believe a lot of those. Have you guys uh, seen a lot of those guys on Facebook and YouTube that are always like, "Oh, I was praying this morning, God spoke to me." No, He didn't. You're saying that every day, and and you, come on, man. And, and if you look at some of the popular people, they literally post like every thirty minutes. So how how if you're if you're posting that much, what what? where's your time for prayer and you're saying that look at what god showed me today what god revealed to me today no it's your own conscience your own intuitions and you're just slapping that label on it see a lot of those guys they keep swiping those credit cards and it's saying insufficient funds you've used it too much so that when if god does tell you something you're no longer credible at this point because you used the card too much you're the boy who cried wolf see See, I, I know the Lord, and I know that you guys know him too. He don't speak that much. He doesn't have to keep talking to you like uh, uh, his words are too valuable. See, his words are like there's a bunch of information. There's a bunch of destiny, a bunch of, of, of purpose, all jam-packed and condensed into a small phrase. And it will take years for you to unravel what God spoke to you in a minute's time. Does that make sense? Amen. So when God said to uh, Abraham, your seed shall be blessed. Think about all that has come from that. The cross the resurrection, the multitudes of people being saved, and how long, how many, how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years it had taken for the manifestation of that prophetic word. So if God spoke to you about something and you're expecting this microwave answer the following night, then you don't know God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you aren't saved. See, some people are saved, but they don't know God as they ought to know God. Because they don't spend enough time in His Word. They don't spend enough time in prayer. And they haven't seen the actualizations of God delivering and uh, uh, deli delivering on what He said He would do. Enough to know, I know my God. Amen. I know my God. He has done this before. He will do it again. He has come through before and he will come through again. Amen. <coughs> so, now, here's one other thing though. A lot of times God will speak. If he's speaking a lot to you, it's because it's for other people. Um, so especially if you're called into the prophetic, 
And, and why? Because it's a blessing for other people. But see, when, when it comes to personal words, see, God ain't going to keep speaking, especially if you haven't obeyed the first one. Yeah. Amen? You know, my cousin, he told me, he said, uh, he said, no matter how sharp you are, you can't cut yourself. You can't. You know, and I, I've used this before, but he says, how do, how do prophets greet each other? And they say, you're fine, how am I? <laughs> you know why? Because a lot of times it will take so much more work to see into your own life than it is to see into the life of another. Amen. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. <clears throat> Those who wait upon the Lord. The Bible says often in the Psalms, wait upon the Lord. Right? Why do you need to wait on Him? Let me ask you this, brothers and sisters. Are you guys waiting upon the Lord? Have you learned how to wait upon the Lord? Or, or are you still treating God like a, a, a popcorn machine? Why art thou downcast, O my soul? <laughs> Don't be downcast. The better the, the 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 faster you accept this, the easier it will be to move on. See, some of you get so discouraged and faint in heart faint of heart because you don't see something immediately. That needs to break. That needs to die. See, very, very rarely will God speak something and suddenly and it, shortly thereafter. Fulfill that promise. But he doesn't do that often. Amen. See, even see, even when the Lord had told Mary that she shall conceive a child, she still had to wait nine months. Amen. See, you want a child the way God created Adam. You want Adam right now. <laughs> But sorry, he ain't going to create anything for you from the dust of the ground. You're going to have to go through the process just like every other woman. You're going to have to go through the process like every other man. Some of us are like, God, I just I need a degree. May it fall from heaven. No, you need to go to school just like everybody else. Amen. Can I say this? God, I, I, I want a, a wife. But but you don't clean yourself up. You don't do anything to be uh, husband material. You want them to look good and fine, but you don't, you don't want to go to the gym. You don't want a proper hygiene, none of that stuff. Maybe you should go to the store and buy some good clothes and look good enough 
to where a sister might, you know, like, hey, man, that, that brother looks handsome. <laughs> you know, one of the things I said before is, you know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you have to lose your game. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, hey, learn how to speak. Especially if you're a man, learn how to talk to women. Now, I don't mean like a bunch of them. I mean, if you have your eyes focused on a specific sister, don't let them come and talk to you. Amen. You know, even if you got to use a cheesy little Christian pickup line, hey, you know, I was reading the book of Numbers, but I didn't see yours in there. Can I have your number? <laughs> you might need to use that one. Or, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> so, you know, in other words, be practical. So, <clears throat> but it says here, it says, uh, we'll be coming to a close shortly. He, he, he says this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You know, you ever had those hot days and uh, you don't got air condition and and you happen and let's say you're sweating and that breeze comes just that just for a short period of time and it's like this oh that's a that's a wonderful breeze, right? Yeah. But see that's that's how the way of the spirit is. You're dry. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. And you just have to wait for that that breeze to come. Like, oh man, I needed that. I needed that word. And see, what God is training you to do or to come to believe is that when he doesn't come immediately, he's testing you. He's testing your faith in him to see whether you, if you think he has forsaken you. And right when Pharaoh's armies come to kill you, it's right in the nick of time that he comes. See, God don't come immediately. He comes suddenly. There's a difference. Immediacy means Right after a thing is said or right after a word is spoken, he comes right to it. Whereas suddenly, it may be over a long period of time, but right in the nick of time, he comes suddenly. That's how the Lord operates. And for some of us, you know, when we're about to get tossed in the fire, we're like, God, you ain't coming. God, you're not here. What's happening? And then you get thrown into the fire, but nothing happens. 
See, if he doesn't deliver you through, and I, I feel this by the Holy Spirit. I know this is going to speak to a number of us. If he doesn't take you out or deliver you through Route A, he still has Route B and Route C. Amen. Because some of us are so focused on this specific route and say, God, you must do it this way. But you don't see everything else that God sees. And see, the reason why God don't tell you everything is because if you knew everything, faith wouldn't be necessary. Amen. Amen. So he keeps you in suspense about a lot of things so that you are forced to have faith in him. And and not faith in a specific answer. Specific but faith in the one who gives the answer. Who is himself the answer? See, a lot of times we ask God questions he doesn't even answer directly. He says, "Lord, show us the way." He didn't say, oh, yeah, you know, go right here, coordinate uh, uh, coordinate 5.6, you know, latitude uh, 27, altitude. You know, he doesn't tell you that. He says, I am the way. See, that sounds all good and spiritual. It doesn't give any direction. It gives you the source for every direction. Does that make sense? So we're, we want to press God, God when, God how, God all this stuff, when he just gives you what might seem like a, an unsatisfactory answer to the natural man. And he says, I am the answer. Okay, but that doesn't help me. Oh yeah, it, it does you in so, it does in so many other ways that you just can't see right now. <clears throat> and see, look, Until you learn that you got a bucket and you can go to the source, you're going to look for every other resource. Does that make sense? Amen. There's not enough money. What do you feel like you have to do? You scrounge for stuff. Look for every other thing. Right? Isn't that sad how misguided we can be even as believers who have the Holy Ghost? And I know this is a challenge. But see, if, if you don't get this, you will stay an infant from here to eternity. Does that make sense? And, and we should not be infants, my brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. It's good once you're born. <laughs> but if at age 13 you're still wearing diapers and drinking milk, there is a huge problem. Amen. You know, it's like these kids that are lecture at uh, work. I'm like, you're about to go to high school. Act like it. Um, but he says he does whatever he pleases whatever the spirit pleases (coughs) 
Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you that being a spiritual person is easy. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you that being a spiritual person is easy. My brothers and sisters, it is difficult. Because you will be asked things by God that you don't want to do. You'll be told to give up things that you don't want to give up. You'll be told to give up people you don't want to give up. You'll be told to say things that you don't want to say. You'll be told to not say things you want to say. And this is where we have to come down to the decision. Who, whom are we pleasing? Ourselves or the Spirit? And my brothers and sisters, you know what? Um, <clears throat> let me let, let me let me show you guys this. Um, it, it, it. Let's see. Hold on. Second Samuel twelve verse ten. Second Samuel chapter twelve verse ten. You know what, let's go from verse 7 to 10. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. I'm reading from the NIV. Um, <clears throat> this is what it says, Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you, and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah, and if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says, Out of your own household I am going to bring calamity on you before your very eyes will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die, but because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord. The son born to you will die. So, now, the reason why I bring this up is because the Lord will forgive us of any sin we've ever committed. And even as Christians, any sin you've ever committed, the Lord will forgive. But here's the thing. When we do what pleases us, there's consequences. 
that God does not oblige himself to save us from. And he may have mercy and lighten the consequence. Like, for example, my, my cousin James, it's an amazing testimony. He committed a murder before he was a Christian. And he was supposed to serve four life sentences. And God had mercy on him and gave him only six years. So God can do miracles even with your consequences, and forgive you of that sin. But don't be mistaken that it may be a consequence that you don't want to live with. Amen. 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 See, bloodshed would never leave the house of David. And his own son would die. So, but this is God. This is who the Lord is. He's merciful, tender in mercies. See, Cain, see, Cain should have died. But the Lord had mercy on Cain. But don't be mistaken that even in God's having mercy on Cain, he still had to wander like a vagabond. And you know why he had to keep wandering? Because the Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursues. He was in judgmental delusion. He thought people were always after him. Does that make sense? Amen. So, <coughs> this is why, man, I, I'm careful. You know, because... See, you know a wise man isn't... See, what makes a wise man a wise man isn't always necessarily because he wants to do the right thing. He just knows that there's a whole lot of hell he wants to avoid. Amen. <laughs> so, just the other day, there was this crazy guy. And he was... I was like, oh man, I know this guy got demons. And he was just shouting. And I was in downtown, my downtown city. I was like, and my wife was waiting for me in the truck, and I'm crossing the street. And I'm like, man, let me hurry up and get in this truck. You know, and it, for me, it was more of like, let me do this for me. And, you know, it, and not for you. Because I'm thinking about, you know, because I don't want to be placed in a predicament with someone that's crazy and me punch the guy. Or... You know, whatever, whatever. I don't know what he's capable of doing, and I don't want to find out. You know what I mean? And someone who's proud, like, you know, might stand there and, like, I don't care, you know, chest out, I'll do what I want, say, and all that stuff. But now they're placed in a predicament, that, and they're having to handle a situation that could have easily been evaded. Does that make sense? Why go through all that stuff? See, some of you are too old. Not enough energy, not a, not you don't got the time for that stuff, and yet your pride wants you to stay there and endure the thing. Amen. But I said, let me hurry up and get in this truck because I know this dude, like I already know this guy got demons and he's gonna tell me something. I already know. So I was like I was like, babe, hurry up uh, and lock the door. And then sure enough, he's walking on the sidewalk 
and we're just, you know, I'm, we're parked right here, and he's walking on the sidewalk, and he literally turns, he looks at me and starts throwing up hand gestures and like, like he wants to fight me. I'm like, I knew it. I was like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I was like, I knew this sucker was going to try something. There's all those demons in him. <laughs> and so, you know, the Bible says this, that the prudent man foresees danger and avoids it. But see, some of us, we don't want to do that. We are too confident in the flesh and we say, no, I got this. Amen? Yeah. I, I got this. But just understand that sin is more deceitful and more crafty than you are. Yeah. <clears throat> the person who gots this is already got. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> It says, exhort one another daily in so much as you see the day approaching, lest you be, oh, so what does it say? Yeah, exhort one another daily, lest you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Amen. <clears throat> Are you guys okay? See, this is why, you know, this is why, um, I, I, I reach out time to time because I know sin is deceitful. Amen. Thank you for that verse, brother. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly and suffers the consequences. Amen. Proverbs 27, verse 12. <clears throat> you know why? Because I know sin is deceitful. <clears throat> and and you want to know you want to know one of the ways deceit is already uh, the decep deception of sin is already creeping into your house is isolation it is the yeah. person that can't be told anything um let me let me share this <clears throat> so Yesterday I was late for work because I overslept and I, as you guys know, I have sleep apnea and I, I deal with a perpetual sleep deprivation. So it can be a huge challenge for me. Um, but with that said, I'm rushing to work <laughs> and I get a call from my boss and I already know what it is and I want to ignore the call. But I, I don't have an option. I pick it up. And he says, you know, where are you at? And I'm explaining to him. But guess what? It don't feel good for me. Right? Who, who likes to be in that position to be held accountable? Right? 
But what what is it wise for me to say to my own boss, who are you? What who are you to call me? <laughs> I'll lose my job. Amen. Who am I? Oh, nobody. I guess you're not getting your check then. Because I'm nobody, right? <laughs> but the point I bring that up is, is when it comes to everything else in life, the gas, the electricity, you're being accountable. They're, they're, they're keeping account of whether you paid or not. Your professor is holding you accountable to whether you turned in the assignment or not. But we just think here in the church that this is the only place that we're accountability free. And that's precisely the reason why people end up falling into the sin they do. is because of that way of thinking. Amen. And so I say that because in the event, I don't want any of you guys offended if I ask you, how are you doing? What is your prayer life looking like? You know, those sorts of questions. Because it, because you can feel judged or inferior or all that stuff. Or you can take it maturely and say, you know what? I'm actually glad I'm being asked these questions because I don't want to be deceived by sin. I don't want to tell myself I'm okay and I actually not be okay. Because if sin wasn't deceitful, you wouldn't be deceived. And if, if our forefathers, if Adam and Eve were deceived in the garden, what makes you think that you're any better? And that was in a state of paradise. Amen. It happened to David. It happened to Moses. It happened to all the great men of all the ages. And look at the dedication of Moses. What further revelation did he need? He was on a mountain. Look at how much David loved God. Look at how wise Solomon was. Look at the strength of Samson. And you're better. Amen. We're all made of the same material, flesh and blood. And that's why it is imperative that we have the Holy Ghost breathe upon us afresh. Amen. Because we're not enough in ourselves. Amen. We need the spirit of the living God to breathe afresh on us, to give us wise counsel. Amen. But the natural person will get offended at that and say, no, I don't, no, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, all that stuff and get defensive. But we need to allow that. We need, I, I get it. I understand, you know, not opening up to someone that is, wicked or you know stuff like that i understand that but hey you know be wise be wise and you know accept what god wants to say to you even if it's through another person amen amen um amen Because some some of you have barriers. And some of you have spirits that lie to you. 
You know where it begins? Oh, they don't love me. Or they, 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 uh, or I'm not like the rest in the group. So, you know, I don't look like, so I'm going to just hide. You think the Holy Spirit's telling you that? No. Who's telling you that? Who's whispering in your ear? You have to ask those questions. Amen. And it will seem so reasonable. The devil don't sound unreasonable. He t- he sounds reasonable. He sure does. You know, <laughs> scammers. Well, some of them suck at it. <laughs> like, it's bad. <laughs> Have you guys had those scammers that really suck? And they try <laughs> Like, bro, give up. Find another career. You suck. <laughs> Hello, give me your social security. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, let me... Kick rocks. That's that's my social security. <laughs> anyway. But some of them are crafty. And they will they, they know how to hack certain informa- information to where it sounds like they knew they knew you signed up with like an account or something. They're like, oh, you know, your account is messed up, or you know, they use a lot of language, and some people get baited by that stuff. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and so, um, decept people, you know, people don't unless you suck at scamming. People don't deceive with the obvious. Hey, here, drink this cup of poison. Oh, yeah, let me get a swig. No. There's, hey, um, here's your favorite Starbucks drink. Um, I bought you one. I thought you might like it. Oh, what's what's the catch? Oh, nothing. I just want to buy you a Starbucks cup. Right? And then they, you know... The devil is, is is linking you up with a person that sounds good, right? They get you what you want. They start massaging your back, and your guard comes down. You're like, oh, this this is a good relationship, right? And then, boom, the snare comes. Amen. <clears throat> Y'all okay? Um, what I've learned about obedience, we're coming to a close now. 
<coughs> what I've learned about obedience, the more you do it, the more peace it will make for your life. Amen. You know, people in prison, like, for example, certain people, like, when you're locked up, because you've lost a lot, you know, and everybody got different stories and stuff, but even in there, you can lose even more. Uh, you know, there, there's something called LOPs, loss of privileges, and there's, you know, um, 23 and 1, where they lock you up 23 hours in a cell, and all you got is that hour for hygiene or whatever, right? So if you don't want to comply even in there, they'll make it worse for you. To where you're losing even more after you've lost everything. And so when people get to the point, especially people like, you know, in max, you know, solitary confinement, all that stuff, they've lost everything. So for the people who have lost the most, they don't care. Right? So my point in bringing that up is for some of you, you keep losing and it's creating a mindset in you where I don't care anymore. Or why should I care? Because of sin keeps robbing you. Amen. See, but once you start obeying, you start getting things assigned to you. Rewards, blessings, peace. And it's like, man, I don't want to lose this again. I'm going to fight to keep this. Hallelujah. And so some of you need to taste the sweet reward and victory of the reward of your obedience because it will make for peace in your life. Amen? And, and there's a point to where you've come, you've gotten so much and all the rewards that you've received are worth so much that that helps to secure your obedience because the cost of losing it all is just too much. Amen. 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 <clears throat> like it's one thing if you lost a euro, a dollar, but if you lost a million, <laughs> it's another thing. And so, my encouragement to us is that we need to go so far in God that we've amassed and accumulated so much that the thought of all the hurt and injury we would receive from not continuing in obedience is the very motivation that keeps us going forward. Because we need sight on both. The fear of what would happen if we don't continue and the incentive of what we will receive if we continue. Both are great motivators. So let, let us uh, <coughs> close in prayer. <coughs> we thank you for this time, God. We pray, Lord. And I want you guys praying. I, I You know, I don't want to sound mean, but I don't need laziness in here. Amen. So if you guys want your lives to improve, don't be lazy in prayer. That's no we we need to be uh we need to be soldiers when it comes to prayer. 
We need to come to the throne of grace. So that means set aside everything that is a hindrance to you. The Bible says cast off every weight that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Amen. There's weights that you need to throw off right now. There are weights that you need to cut, uh, throw off and there are entanglements to sin that you need to cut off. <clears throat> I'm tired isn't an excuse. I'm lonely isn't an excuse. I'm afraid isn't an excuse. That is the, that's all the more reason why you should pray. <clears throat> so I, I need our lips moving. We, we need to begin to pray. Father, we ask right now in Jesus' name that every entanglement, Lord, would be cut off. Every entanglement would cut off. And I want you guys to make these your prayers. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name for the destruction of every yoke, for the destruction of every bondage, for the destruction, O God, for everything, Lord, that is against your purposes, Father. We pray, Lord, for deliverance from sin. We pray for the forgiveness of sins, Lord. I pray right now that the blood of Jesus would wash them clean from all iniquity, would wash them clean from all sin, that would wash them clean from all transgressions, God, from all guilty conscience, Lord, all filthiness, all fornication, Lord, all greed, O oh Lord. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. May the fire of God, Lord, rekindle Father, a burning passion in our bosom to rekindle, Lord, a burning passion, Lord, a burning fervor, Lord, in our spirit, God. We pray that you would fall fresh upon us, that you would breathe fresh upon us, Lord God. Touch our spirits. Touch our hearts, God. Deliver us from every wicked attack. Deliver us from every wicked enterprise. Deliver us, O oh Lord, from every snare. Hallelujah. Begin to pray. Spirit. <coughs> In Jesus' name. We cut off every wicked spirit. We cut off every wicked spirit. We cut off every soul tie. We cut off every snare. In Jesus' name. I want you to begin to renounce them. Begin to renounce every wicked participation. Begin to renounce every wicked relationship. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> Be delivered. Be set free. May every bondage break. In Jesus' name. May liberty come to your house this day. I'm hearing right now some of us don't have peace in our households. There's frustration and there's chaos in our households. Lord, we pray right now for your dominion, Lord. We pray for the establishment of your dominion. I pray, Lord, for those that need to leave, O oh Lord, that they would flee, O oh God, from every situation, from every household, God, that they don't belong in, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> right now, I'm, I'm hearing... Uh, uh, some of us are, are in bondage to manipulators. Lord, I pray for the release, Lord. I pray for the liberation, Lord, from every manipulation, from all witchcraft in Jesus' name. <coughs> Hallelujah. Pray. 
Begin to pray. Let your lips be moving. Don't be lazy. Raba kasario robo kosaraba baba basa. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray until that breakthrough comes. Pray until that breach comes. Pray until it breaks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a God of breakthrough. He's a God of breakthrough. Lord, we pray for it to break. To break in Jesus' name. To break in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel like some of us are pressing through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're pressing through for our families, God. We're pressing through, Lord, for our relationship with you, God. We're pressing through, Lord, for every relationship, God. Every partnership, God. Every career, Lord. Everything we set our hands to do in your name, God. May it prosper, Lord. And may everything, Lord, that is attacking us, Lord, may it be destroyed and destroyed utterly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May the sweet anointing begin to flow upon your head like uh, like healing balm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Denise, are, are you there? 